Hi, I'm Paul Ford. And I'm Rich Ciotti. And this is the podcast for Aboard, a product that you'll be able to use one day. We're going to inject a little bit of advice. Uh, everybody in, likes when you inject advice. Especially since we inject a lot of it in the other podcasts yeah. we have, Ziotti and Ford Advisors. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about and tell people what low-code or no-code is. Oh, low-code is supposed to be the answer to everything. It's supposed to be the answer to everything. You can fire all of your engineers. You don't ever have to write another line of code again. That is the promise. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. All right, low code. What do you mean? What is it? The best way I can define low code or no code, if you want to really go for it, is that it is software that makes software without engineers. That's okay. how I would define it. Okay. And so there's this, and this is, by the way, this isn't a new thing. It's been around a while. I just saw an ad from the Zoho people. Zoho. They just launched the no-code or low-code platform. And what it is, is it's like, okay, regular people who aren't engineers, who aren't technical, can essentially use a visual interface, a UI that lets you kind of drag pieces of software together, and then all of a sudden you've got software. You know where you do see this for real, for real? Music. There's a lot of, like, you make your own instrument by dragging oscillators and putting lines between them. Interesting. Programs like Max. And there, yes. there's, it's sort of, this is actually pretty normal in that. Yes. And this trend is kind of everywhere. And I'm mentioning this to you now, Paul, because... The first, I would say, 18 months of a board's design and development and the thinking behind it, mm -hmm. I think you can unequivocally say we were building another low-code platform. Uh, I think you could unequivocally say that. I don't think we're building that anymore, and I want to talk about why we stopped. Great. Okay, so what were we building? We were building a tool that let you essentially assemble different kinds of data objects, let's call them that for a second, and then you could work on, there's workflow around them. So for example, a data object could be a sales lead that moves along from coming in uh, inbound to call scheduled to uh, proposal drafted. So, so it looked like Kanban, meaning like post-its moving across vertical columns, but... The cards themselves had these very strong types. So yes. the types would be like sales lead, apartment that I want to rent, shoe I want to buy, um, church group member, like like yes. very, and then you would- Anything, and really. You, you could add any kind of data to that data, and you could then move things from position A to position B, and it would tell the other people that they were moving. So membership dues are processed, yes. shoes are purchased, yes. et cetera. So- it was an engine for doing that that we, we conceived of and wanted to build because we had been working together at the agency and we saw this pattern over and over. We were building software like this for lots of different people. We said, why don't we just build it once and then license it to them? Yes. And look, there are. it was not revolutionary, mainly because uh, there are a lot of credible tools that do what you just described. Right. And it wasn't. It, we were specifically not going for revolutionary. We weren't. 
The big thing worth noting that we thought made it distinct was chat was kind of built into it. So yes. you were getting chat. Too. A, little bit, a little bit of Slack, a little bit of Airtable, a little so bit of- A pinch of this and a pinch of that. A little Trello. And so now we on our way, it was still rough around the edges, but it was starting to become more and more credible. And then we stopped. And I want to talk, and we stopped for a handful of reasons, mainly because we had what we thought was a pretty cool idea of where to take a pro- the platform. But part of the reason we stopped is a realization hmm. that I think we had but didn't articulate. Okay, okay. Nobody wants to build software, well, even if it's drag and drop. The work involved of designing what these data objects are kind of sucks. So the way that I was looking at this, because my job is to tell the story and educate people about the product, right? Like it's a big part of what I do. And I was like, we're going to have a really big problem. And the big problem is that nobody knows what data is. Explain that further. All right. So low code tools, ultimately, if you, the idea, the fantasy is like, hey, you won't have to write a line of code and you'll just be able to get, uh, you'll be able to tell everybody um, you did it and you'll move some boxes around and we'll upload a spreadsheet. And, and now you'll have Don't a great- Don't worry about the database. You'll have this amazing software solution all ready to go. So- what we were building was this tool that was going to make all that really easy. And the way we were focusing was on the data, make it really easy to make kind of a smart database almost casually mm-hmm. and migrate it and change the way it worked with your friends, like the people you are, you're working with. Anyone could change the database, but it would be smart about that. And so you had this whole big story about data, 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 data. Yeah. And as we told that story, I started to realize the mountain that we had to climb because no one knows what data is. They don't know what code is. Trust me, I know. But they also really don't know what data is. That's right. I think... And, but also, like, there is no product where you can sit down and say, in the next three weeks, I will teach you everything you need to know so that you can be really powerful with this, unless it's like nuclear engineering or weapon systems. Yes. And it turns out Nerds like us think it's cool. Yeah, nobody else does. Nobody else does. You know, it's the spouse test too. Like we have very smart wives who actually organize and run their own things. Yeah. And you showed them this tool and what did they say? Good for you. Cool. Yeah. I Maybe cool. I could use this. Yeah. And I know this is like this entire podcast to this point is just one teaser trailer after the other. But when we, don't don't worry, nobody's listening. But well, fair enough. But when we brushed aside what we thought was sort of the software builder software tool, uh-huh. and focused on the value, the immediate value to customers and users, it immediately resonated for people. And that's I started this podcast by saying there's going to be a little piece of advice embedded in here. Uh, it's hard to kind of convince yourself that the things you care about, nobody else does. I've started to really accept it. Was this recent, Paul? No, it's been working. I've been working on it for you. Well, it's a funny thing because I I care really deeply about nerdy stuff. Yeah. And very often people are like, wow, you really care about that. You should write about that and I'll share it with a million people. Yeah. Okay. And so I have this weird thing where the things I get excited about, I get to transmit that excitement and the other excited people get- a huge megaphone. I have this huge megaphone, but the reality is then then you go one level out and people are like, what? What are you talking about? Well, what you do is you bring it up at the barbershop. Oh, no. That article you just published. No. 
No, he doesn't I, really want to talk you, about it. You can find the points of connection. Like, for instance, I talked for an hour once with a barber who could have done a little bit, gone a lot faster. Yeah. An hour. But he really wanted to talk about the game Hitman. The video game. Oh, yeah. It's a good game. It's apparently so. I learned a lot <laughs> about it. And, uh, and you know, actually what's interesting is like, I mean, that, that's the point of connection, right? Like, hey, you ever think about like making video games? Like, you could do that. I didn't yeah. do that. I just wanted to get my hair cut. And yeah. He told me about the TV he bought specifically to play Hitman for like 45 minutes. Seriously? I, I, I have to give it to him. I was really impressed. I mean, I respect. He cuts hair and then yes. he goes home and he plays Hitman. Uh, so that, but you know, it's like, that guy doesn't want to hear about my theory of abstract data types. He doesn't. And nobody does. Nobody actually. does. No. Uh, and, nobody. and what you see with these tools, by the way, and the tools I'm talking about, if you want some examples, are like Monday.com, uh-huh. uh, ClickUp. There's sort of these low code, no code. There's others. There's many, by the way. If yeah. you just type in Lord's low code into, into Google, you'll see a ton. And what you see with these tools is what the way they take hold is they get one person who's technically savvy enough who sort of becomes the advocate amongst groups and organizations and they effectively evangelize the tool for them. It's not something that resonates with the masses out of the gate. Well, and it's also, those are the people who gain power from the tool and they're like, hey, I want you all to use this because that way you'll be centered in my world. Yes, it yes. validates oh, the yeah. work they did and yeah. it puts them in a position where all of a sudden they've, they've promoted themselves to administrators. Let me assign you a task. Exactly. Yeah. Again, we're going to talk about vaporware, even though it's not vapor. But what's been so excited about sharing what we're doing now with the small audience, and we can talk about this without sharing what it is because it still matters and the point matters for this podcast, is that people within about seven minutes say, oh, I could use this. I can make use of this pretty fast. Well, I think, okay, so let's get to a point that isn't absolutely agonizing for someone who doesn't, doesn't have access to the software. Um, nobody cares about low code, really. That's like a marketing tool that people use to an exact corporate power upon each other. Yeah. People, nobody, you can tell that story all you want. And we did, and we did, and we did. And the people who care about it are people who are kind of like engineering adjacent or already project managers. They use other tools and they're like, all right, that one looks okay. That's right. Nobody is, in, I don't think people are very excited about the idea of organizer organizing their own data, except for people who like to organize their own data. That's right. And the other promise that we don't we haven't talked about is that low code and no code supposedly saves money, saves companies money. I don't have to hire as many engineers. The weird plot twist there is that you still end up hiring those engineers. You end up hiring actually low code experts who are certified in whatever tool you're well, talking about. Also, let's talk when we did research for this, we started talking to people. We talked to potential enterprise customers and so on. And you know what they would tell us over and over? Yeah, we do that in a Google spreadsheet. It has five thousand rows. <laughs> we right? did Every, that. everybody shares the Google spreadsheet. The spreadsheet is the ultimate tool, right? And they're like, that's plenty of data for us. I mean, this looks nice because I could track all the people uh, who are working on something instead of trying to intuit it from a Google Sheets cell. Like, That's right. They like, basically, when we would show people a board, they would think to themselves, oh, this is like Google Sheets, but I know everyone involved. That's right. Yeah. TLDR. It's tempting to make it for yourself, make it for the world. And I think that's that was a key moment for us when we went out with this change and saw that people connected to it. Well, that sounds nice. But what we were actually did was stand up with an enterprise product and say, we think we have something really good. And people are like, yeah, it seems pretty good. And then go, 
actually, we're going to risk way more failure. Like you, 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 that advice made it sound like we, we've absolutely found the gold and we figured it all. We have no idea. We know how to sell to enterprises. Really we do. Well. We had a That's low, we had a low risk strategy and now we, we have an extremely high risk strategy. That's true. But that's it feels, it feels a lot better. It does feel. A it's lot a better, better product. I like this product more than the old one. And that's, and that's a big deal. That's what I care about. Yeah. Keep up with us. I swear to you, Paul Ford, we're going to show this software. I think we, the day I just we want to tell it, the audience, I'm like, it's too soon for a podcast. No, we got to get out there. Got to get out there. Yeah. I'm not rich. But, Come on, man. Look, man, it'll, it'll happen. And the day we, we talk about the actual software, it'll be a YouTube. Let's make a commitment to the people. This company is going to be so successful that they're going to take this podcast away from us. That's my prediction. That's I'm okay with that. I'm okay I'm with it. I'm utterly okay with it. Uh, keep up with us. This is the Abort Podcast. I'm Rich Ciotti. Follow us on Twitter at Aboard and send us an email. Hello at Aboard.com. We'll talk to you soon.